Yeah. Oh, nice. So I just got Jen's attention because she was asking me, hey, how's your real estate business? Because as some of you know, I, I transitioned back into selling real estate. And um, I was just saying, yeah, I've got uh, a big $2.2, million, $2.5 million listing coming. And then her eyes popped up. <laughs> We're just <laughs> starting to get the, the pictures done and everything like that. So uh, excited for that. Excited where's for that. The, where's the listing? Is it uh, Markham area? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're just arranging everything with, uh, with the family, but it's, it's a good one. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that sort of thing. <laughs> I feel new because Jen, as soon as Jen jumped on, she's like, did you get new glasses? I'm like, yes, I can now see my screens. Everything's in front of me. <laughs> it's all good. Everything's clear again. Jen, yeah. what's going on? We haven't chatted in such a long time. It feels like. I know. I was, uh, I was just thinking of like, I feel like we went from like every, almost every day to like, you know, once every couple of weeks to longer than that, because it's kind of weird. I don't, I don't know if I like it, no. um, but it's, it's been busy. Obviously we're on our end, we're getting ready to make some changes and for me to transition out a little bit. So uh, from the coaching setup for a few months, so figuring that out and uh, just getting ourselves organized. Real estate is pretty busy right now. So working with some buyers, got some listings coming up and just juggling everything right and then family life and home time and we're in the middle of a renovation in our house so it's a lot there's a lot going on yeah there's a lot going on so you kind of drop the uh the bomb on a few people if they don't know you if they only know you from like here to here here right? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right like, where's jen going what's she doing you're yeah. going away for a few months or longer what the heck yeah you better yeah, fill thinking- people in I'm taking a sabbatical. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> nice. I like um, it. No, I, uh, Dylan and I are expecting a, a little boy in December. So, um, yeah, so excited about that and looking forward to getting some leverage so that we can, I can spend, you know, hopefully about six months at home and just kind of focus on the family for that time. Um, that's the plan. Anyway, so far it's looking good. So I'll be kind of, out of the picture for a while, but with an amazing team running everything and supporting and of course involved from the, from the back end of things, keeping an eye on stuff. So that's, that's what's going on uh, in case anyone was wondering. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no, we're not losing Jen. She's just, she's actually going to a better spot to to be a mom to a newborn. Uh, That's amazing. And and this is what's great before we even get into uh, our show today, Um, being entrepreneurs, being real estate agents and having that, that, uh, I'm, I'm looking for a better word than power, but maybe that is the best word, the power to make those decisions on and, and, and to how, how it kind of guides you through what you want to yeah. do in life, as opposed to what, you know, your employer wants you to do in life type thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, sometimes it pushes you to do stuff a little faster than you maybe would have otherwise. And yet it's the best thing for you to do. Right. It, it turns out that it's like, Oh, that's what I should have done anyway. But you just, when there's no when there's no external pulls, you kind of tend to coast a little sometimes, and it, it makes you look think differently and and shift. So, and having the ability and the power, as you said, to to make those decisions and then build your business around it with the right people is is huge in in your development, your growth, and in, in your life. The, the, I don't want to say life balance because I don't really like that, but um, I guess that's what I'm getting at, right? That family time versus work time. Yeah. Yeah. So we got lots to go through today, as always, in the title. Kind of had some fun with the title. And uh, let's roll the intro and let's get into some of these uh, subjects, Jen. Uh, 
So we got a few things that we're chatting about today. And, and one of which is, should we buy new or resale? Kind of the, uh, I was going to say the million dollar question, but it's starting to become much more than the million dollar question, right? Yeah. And then yeah. what else we got? We've got, um, you know, our interest rates going to go up and what does that look like for the, the scope of the real estate market and uh, our offer date still a thing and uh, everything in between. So we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. The first one that we've got is new versus resale. And uh, let's roll with that one. Okay, so I love as people are watching, um, you know, post in the comments, have you ever bought a brand new home, whether it's for yourself or for your clients? And because as real estate agents, and here's maybe the, the hidden secret, Jen, I don't know, but uh, new home builds, there's probably what, 75% of them, would you say, from, from our terminology, cooperate with real estate agents. So we can bring our client to a new home building site and, and have them purchase a home through that builder and uh, we can help and guide them through that. But I'd love to see in the comments, yeah. have if you've bought a brand new home, I have. I, I bought, a, actually I bought a few, one for myself and one as an investment property or maybe two, two or three. I spent yeah. so many, Jen, I can't remember. I know I've definitely done two, but I think it's more than that. But how about yourself? Mm -hmm. I have never done it personally. Um, I have helped clients uh, probably four or five times, I would say, go through the process. And I've had some friends that have also done it, um, you know, outside of business, but just on like kind of privately. Uh, so I've gone through the process quite a few times. Uh, it's definitely something we've thought about and talked about because there's some significant pros to it. And yeah, I would say about 75%, although I do notice when um, when our inventory dips, the cooperation also dips. <laughs> so that's always an interesting trend to see, right? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, builders build homes to make money. That's like, yeah. there's, there should be no surprise there, right? And yeah. if they see an opportunity, that's an opportunity and good on them for, for taking it. But uh, yeah. so a client comes to you, Jen, a buyer client and says, you know, I, I'm thinking about buying a brand new home. I'm thinking like, do I buy resale? What's uh, there's some pros and cons between the two? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, there's 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 pros and cons. The the more obvious one being with resale, you see what you're buying in person. You can physically walk through it, touch it, see it, see the space, see the the layout, the exposure, um, and it's it's more immediate. So if you don't want to wait for two to three to four years potentially, um, then you know resale is probably the 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 more direct option to take. Um, and and there's less you know less up surprises with it, I guess, in some ways, because builders, their builders contracts can be very detailed and there can be changes and there can be shifts that you have to understand if you are going to go that route. Um, that being said, on the new side, it generally, you know, spreads out your deposit structure a little bit longer. So if you don't have your down payment fully saved up right now to close in 60 days or 90 days, um, or even before that to get lending, then it gives you buffer time to collect those funds. Um, and you know, you can sometimes take advantage of the growth of the market that you buy it at today's price. And when you take possession, your, your property has inflated significantly, usually, um, at least in our markets in the GTA, that's pretty common. Uh, that's why we see a lot of people closing and then selling or selling on assignment. So, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to both options. It ultimately depends on what you're looking for and 
you know, what your timeline is. And then the bigger conversation that I'd throw back to you, Gary, is, you know, what if, what if the market changes in between purchase and close, or what if the lending changes from the bank's perspective between purchase and close with a two to three year buffer, there's higher risk for that, obviously. Right. So what would that mean and how would that impact your purchase? Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of elements and lots of moving parts, uh, like Mm -hmm. you said, on both sides. And, and some people, they just want a brand new home that no one's ever used the bath in and all those kinds of things. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Right. Like these, these are all personal, um, you know, thoughts and, and traits and so forth. And that, and that's quite fine as well. Um, typically, you know, I'm trying to think now I've, I've done it once because we fell in love with this, with a house. It was actually the first house that we, that we purchased. It was, I think only the third one left, which meant there was some incentives for us to buy from the builder. Right. And yeah. then on the flip side, Jen, and I'm sure you've seen this too, they'll ha- builders will have, you know, multiple phases of how they release properties or, or their homes and everyone wants to be on the early phases. Yeah. It is what it is. That's when the best pricing comes out. By the time they release phase three, phase four, perhaps that price might have gone up a hundred or $200,000. Yeah. It, it is is just that. So if you can, you can, if you're looking to buy a brand new home and they've just released phase one, and I'm not talking about, you know, um, what am I like early access, realtor access events and that sort of thing. Like, yes, there's some great pricing in those as well. If you can get in that, get in that. But I'm talking about, you know, phase one release. And if you're yeah. talking to the builder, ask them questions, how many phases are they going to do? If you're willing to live through some construction, like dust for a year or two, yeah. uh, living through some dust or a year or two can add a few hundred thousand dollars. Forget how the market moves just on that appreciation from the builders. And as, as the developments get, get uh, finalized. Uh, Here's an interesting thing too, Jen. Mm. I cannot remember the name of the builder, but I was reading, uh, I was reading one of the online threads the other day. uh, And uh, there was a a builder that's bringing some homes to market. And we're not talking like 10 homes. We're talking about 150 units they were releasing for their next phase. And they've actually decided not to release them yet because our market in the GTA is moving so fast that they want to, they want to try and time it. They're trying to time it better for themselves. So they're actually, they're, they're ready to go and everything like that, but they're going to wait a few months to let that market really, really, you know, not to say it's going to reach the top, but they're trying to increase their profits. So we're starting to see that. So there's a whole, that, that, that just opens up a whole new, conversation around how much mark what's the market there and what's the demand and and lack of listings and so forth but we're seeing builders hang on to units as well which is crazy that's a risky game oh my goodness i mean you know i from everything we can tell it's probably i don't say it's a safe bet but it's probably an educated decision um you would hope but you know there's always the risk right we just we just don't know what that next external factor is going to be so it's Mm -hmm. uh that's that's interesting. It also makes sense from a business perspective. Obviously, if you know you can hold for that extra three, four, five months, whatever that's going to be to, I'm assuming, get us to the spring market. Um, then, yeah, why not do it right? From why not lean into that? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, there's also the conversation too of that you can buy a property that's new that's already built. So it's it's not always about waiting that time, that two or three years. 
there's always those final properties, as you said, the end of a phase or the model home or whatever that is that builders will ultimately sell towards the end or will be the end of phase one when they've started on phase two and they're just trying to kind of clear those out. So you'll be able to buy it and close in 45 days or 60 days. So you can kind of find your middle ground. It's just you're limited to those to the options of what happens to be out there in that window if you still want new, but you don't want to wait the the longer development time. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I don't think there is a right answer on this question. I think it's ultimately, what are you looking for? What do you want out of a property? And what's your timeline, right? Yeah, that's um, it, yeah. And then, you know, from there, you can kind of make the best decision and the conversations you can be having with your realtor. And, and there's questions too around, you know, when you buy a home, um, a brand new home, I should say, there's still approximately fifteen to $25,000 of extras you need to buy the day you purchase it like we can all go to home depot and get the paper the paper blinds or do you want yeah. you want the blinds that you want to live with for the next you know 10 or so years right and, yeah. and then we got the fencing and that needs to be put into place and then the landscaping that goes around it so that you know it could be 50 to a hundred thousand dollars a time you're talking about yeah. right so yeah. um, there's all sorts of ways and and if you're a realtor or, or oh, if you're a buyer watching us today you know, ask yourself these questions or make sure you're asking your clients these questions because uh, they may not have thought of it. Everyone falls in love with something brand new, but it comes at yeah. a different cost or different sacrifice down the road type thing, right? Yeah. And then there's also, you know, it's funny how some of that stuff used to be included and now it's all like everything's extras now. The extras list is getting longer and longer. Um, but there's also the finishes and the upgrades. So sometimes you see a model home and it has granite counter or yeah granite countertops and you know marble tiles and all the the nicest finishes um and make sure you're checking those contracts and understanding like what's what's the base that's included and what are upgrades because they're they don't always come with all of those nice shiny finishes um and and a lot of people don't think to ask those questions or aren't advised of that up front right so then those those added costs add up as well um, and then the final note on this is obviously just make sure that you have a lawyer review the contract, the builder contract, just to verify that there's that you're protected appropriately within that. You can easily do that. Um, and there's always a, an exit window on the end, on the back end of if you did purchase a resale, there's a window of time where you can get out of the deal. So you're not locked into it the minute you sign that contract. Just keep that in mind also. Yeah. The, yeah. The cooling off period, 10 day cooling off yeah. period and, and uh, yeah, use that. Make sure you you understand because there's always you know it's, it's not hidden costs because they're in the contract, but there are mm -hmm. some you know development charges and so forth that get passed on to the the buyer, and sometimes those aren't defined to the penny what they are. It could be mm -hmm. at a, at a later date that'll be determined. So and making sure that they're capped uh, is really important. Anyways, lots of good yeah. stuff, and and in fact uh, tomorrow, Jen. Uh, I'm letting the cat out of the bag a little bit. Uh, if you're a Keller Williams agent, um, we're going to be launching something new in a sense where we're going to have direct access to pre-construction inventory uh, from, from condos to single family homes, townhouses. And uh, nice. we've got some training coming up uh, in November on how to sell and, and market new construction or pre-construction to your clients. So, You'll hear it tomorrow for I the first that. time though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on.
Okay, are interest rates going up, Jen? Wasn't that a million dollar question? Um, <laughs> from from what we're seeing on the news and in articles and in speculation, yeah, they, they're definitely trending that way and, and that's what's being predicted to happen. I know bonds are going up and our interest rates tend to follow the bond pattern as well. So, so that would indicate that we could expect to see some increases over the next, I don't know, however many months. Um, I know there's an article that's been going around. I, I know, Gary, I think you did a video on this as well that uh, I think was a CBC potentially that said that there'd be eight increases in the next three years. Is that correct? Yeah, RBC came out with, uh, with one of their economists talking about uh, the interest rate going up eight times over the next 24 months. And what I did in that video, and we'll do it here too, is, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, and they're talking about, mm. it's, it's, it's important to understand what it is. So they're talking about the overnight lending rate. And currently the overnight lending rate is 0.25%. So it starts with a zero, <laughs> then two, 5%. So it is really, really low. And they're talking about it going up eight times, a quarter percent each time. So that at the end of the day is really 2%. So in two years from now, we could be at two and a quarter, which is still historically <laughs> low everything. So don't, you know, don't freak out about it, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Even 10, 11, 12 years ago, I was taking variable rate mortgages at 5%. Yeah, my first mortgage was like 4.6% or something. And, and I, that was good rate at the time. I was yeah. happy with it. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that would have had an overnight, overnight lending rate at about three and change to, to mm. for that. And, you know, th there's, yes, we're going to see interest rates go up because we're at an all-time low. When? I don't know. And then if you talk... Well, if you happen to talk, more importantly, you'll probably read uh, Benjamin Tall, CIBC's chief economist. And he's like, yeah. This is good. This is a good thing. What what yeah. freaks out the industry or freaks out the markets is when you go from 0.25 to 2.25 in one swoop. That's not going to happen. Yeah. He's talking about having that little hit here, a little more the next time, a little more the next time, and just kind of ease our way into it. And and that's what mm -hmm. we'll probably see. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately, it's a good thing, right? I mean, I know for, for, for buyers, they want the lowest rate possible. And I understand that. But economically speaking, um, and in regard to inflation and things like that, it is a positive thing. It has a lot of positive impacts on our, our market as a whole. So, you know, if you're getting lending at 2.25 or 2.5 or even 3%, that's what your borrowing costs are for the money, the amount of money we're being lent at our current prices. That's like, you know, I take that money all day long and go invest it and do other things with it. It's still a great return on, on your investment and it's minimal cost, right? So, yeah, I think the biggest thing to watch out for here are the, are the headlines and the, as we call it, the, the clickbait that we're going to start seeing a lot of uh, based around fear usually. Um, just make sure you're staying educated from the right sources on what it ultimately means for the market, for real estate, for your business and for your investments. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Jen, you kind of nailed on it. Like the inflation is at a, at a high, uh, you know, higher than it's been in a long time. You know, they were talking about 4%, 4.5%. Now it looks like they're talking about 5%. Here's the thing. If inflation is rising higher than your local interest rates, you are, you actually have free money. It, it, which means mm -hmm. it, 
it's cheaper to borrow money today than it is tomorrow. Or an, another way to look at it. Everyone uses gas, so I won't use gas. It's cheaper to go buy a bag of milk today than it will be tomorrow because inflation is going up, right? Your dollar goes farther today. So yeah. use, you know, don't and make sure you understand what I'm saying. Don't go out and leverage yourself to the hills, but just understand that there's an opportunity here that if you have equity in one of your investments, um, leverage that, leverage that into something because that market's going up faster than, than what your interest rate would be, which yeah. is, which is fantastic. And other people talk about, well, do I take a uh, variable rate? Do I take a fixed? Um, and, and you can kind of, when, when rates are kind of like this, you know, about to start moving again, um, you can kind of inflation proof your, um, your interest rate or your, your interest payment and take a variable rate today because mm -hmm. it, it's going to be cheaper than your fixed rate. But that difference of what it's going to be, let's, for argument's sake, let's just say your mortgage payment is $2,000 a month on a variable rate, but it was going to be $2,200 a month on right. a fixed rate. Either take that extra $200 and keep paying down your mortgage. Some people uh, like that conservative approach or use that $200 a month and put it into a savings account. So when interest rates do go up, your variable rate go, does go up, you have it and you can lock in that rate. So there's many different, there's different ways to look at it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the key with the variable rate is um, just keeping an eye on it, right? When's the right time to get in? And what is that? Like, how do you want this, right? And as long as you're comfortable insanely cheap so you know it, it works either way yeah absolutely is we my lost internet cutting in and out over there because i feel like uh, yeah it's coming, yeah coming yeah it's going. getting a little spotty over here but it's the interest yeah, rates are going okay. up that's should why. hopefully come back in a second <laughs> okay <Yeah>. moving on <laughs> yeah Okay, hopefully we can get Jen all set up here. Um, it's really, really interesting. So offer dates, is it still a thing? What's happening with that, Jen? Um, are you still with us? Or are you going to log back on? Anyway, she might come back on. We'll watch out for her. We'll watch out for her. So here, are offer dates still a thing? And I'm going to say yes making sure that it is under a certain price range because everything that I'm seeing right now, uh, it doesn't matter where you are. If you are at about 1.2 or less, we're seeing offer dates on all sorts of stuff. And not only are we seeing offer dates, but we're seeing multiple offers uh, come in and we're, we're looking at not just two or three offers, but we're looking at five, six, seven, eight offers. And it is, it is, there are still a lot of buyers compared to what the inventory levels are. I'm sure as that price range moves higher, um, we're seeing less and less uh, offers on those types of properties, but anything from 1.2 in the GTA or less, you, are, you should be strategizing around offer date and receiving multiple offers. I know in my experience with some of our buyers, that's what we're seeing. Uh, as we get into the higher priced homes, we're seeing less and less of that, obviously. Although at the end of the day, when a home's priced right and marketed well, you will always have multiple interest, which in turn is, is multiple offers. So if, if you're watching today, I'd love to know what you guys are, are, are seeing in the multiple offers. 
and uh, and kind of get some feedback there. But definitely in the York Region area, um, your entry level homes up to that that sweet spot uh, always will receive multiple offers at this moment. Uh, it'll be interesting as we get into, you know, let's face it, we're halfway. We're more than halfway. We're almost into not November, which is, you know, people start typically getting ready for, for Christmas. And we're going to see, I think, a flurry of actu- activity in the early, early part of November. And I think that's going to continue into December as well. We'll see a little bit of a lull, obviously, over the holidays. And, and come January, uh, you're going to have all the people that didn't feel like listing their home in the summer then saw the flurry of activity but couldn't move fast enough to get their home listed in the fall i th- i think we're going to see i think we're going to see a lot more um activity come in january as well and um that that's going to i think jen's just jumping back on the line with us jen you with us hey. yes sort of there <laughs> there we go i was just saying i was just saying better? yeah i was just saying uh are the offer dates still a thing? I was talking about, and I'd love to get your opinion on this. They are definitely a thing under a certain price range. And and I kind of came out with about a 1.2 in, in York region for, for that, at least that's what I'm seeing. What are you guys seeing? Yeah, we're seeing something similar. Um, definitely seeing offer dates be most impactful or have the biggest results in those like 899, 999, um, entry point with then the the sale price coming on top of that. Uh, I have seen in the last week or two some offer dates fail, which has been an interesting thing. However, I think realistically, if we're to really look at the market, um, it was the strategy of the pricing that caused the fail versus the actual strategy itself. Um, and you know, I'm you know I'm showing a, a house this afternoon that has a 1.7 list price and they have an offer date. Um, now they're listed at market value roughly, but they just have a date set in place. So we're starting to see that transition a little bit as well, like list at market value, but have a set date for any interested parties. Um, so I think there, you know, there is a bit of a trend, as you said, anything over that certain price. Um, I don't think the offer dates are landing as effectively there as they have been, but if you can list at 899 or 999 or 799, you're, it's definitely going to work. So it's just about knowing your products and knowing the, the, the micro market that it's in, right? What's happening in that particular pocket and that price point specifically, because it's not, it's not a general blanket across the board anymore, for sure. Yeah. And, and knowing that niche market or sorry, not the niche market, but that, that micro market where it's in and um, what 899 might be the top end of your market. But what Jen's referring to there is what's your entry level? What's that sweet spot? Because that's the market that's still on fire. And mm-hmm. if that entry level for you, like in, in Markham, for instance, a townhouse would start at about 1.2. As you get to right. new market, it might be like nine and change. So just understand what that what that micro market is for, for entry level. And I'm looking at, at homes right now at a million, million two, but a certain type of home with some land and some acreage, and they are... You, you can't keep them. And, nope. and it's interesting too. Um, we're seeing, you know, in the broker notes, you know, offer date to be, you know, for instance, October 27th, and it's been on the market now for three, four days. And then 
buyers are are just not waiting around anymore and they're allowing or they're getting they're they're getting their preemptive offers in and we're seeing yeah. offer dates move all the time right now, yeah all the time so yeah you know when yeah. when we're seeing that and and i talk with you know i'm i'm, I'm telling this out, i'm telling you this out of out of um personal experience as soon as that thing comes on the market book a showing yeah oh yeah because even if the showing is for four or five days out at least you're going to get all the updates through broker bay of what's happening with that property yeah exactly there was a one house came up on the market i believe it was on friday and we were looking we had clients looking for that particular type of property and uh you know within probably eight hours i would say that property was reviewing offers the next morning and was had a preemptive i don't know if it's sold or not um yet it hasn't been updated but otherwise um yeah it was kind of like it was like that and it was a specific type of property um in a good location that needed renovations and starting to see those move a little bit more now because your investment goes a little further if you've got capital to do the renovations um and then we're seeing the condo market start to pick up because everything else has just gotten so expensive. So, you know, offer dates on condos are working very well at the moment as well because we have demand for that. So it, it's all about what, what you're selling. But I agree with you, those properties with a little bit of extra land are just flying right now. Like I, we're seeing prices that I was floor, I'm floored by it. I'm just like, I can't believe that property got that. So, you know, you go, it's so funny. We're so used to it as realtors and still always one or two deals. And I'm like, really? Like, I should know that that can happen. And I do know. And yet I still kind of get taken aback when I see it. Right. So I'm just like, okay, well, now we know where the demand is, where the main interest is, because it was an unexpected sale price. Um, and pushed it up more right so ultimately i think that the short answer to this is yes offer dates work but know your market know who's your buyer know the price point um and strategically strategically price what some putting in an offer listing in that market value and they're getting that buyer that comes in with a strong bully pretty much within 24 hours um, and the buyers are doing what they need to do to lock the property up quickly so the the offer date is almost unnecessary in those scenarios right so you know pick your poison i guess which one which one do you want to kind of navigate because they both have their pros and cons yeah exactly exactly and i talked uh, very briefly on what what i feel the inventory is going to look like over the next month or two and um, i was suggesting that you know people that didn't feel like putting their home up for sale over the summer quickly try to do it in the fall and then those people that perhaps are typically doing it in the fall are seeing our market move so fast that there might be a flurry towards, you know, as we get into November and December, um, mm -hmm. even before the January flurry again. I think we're going to have another impulse, not an impulse, another surge of listings. At least I hope we do. Um, yeah. Because the buyer demand is still incredibly strong. It's huge. And our inventory is ridiculously low. Um, you know, it's a great time to be a seller ultimately. And it's interesting because that's kind of what happened last year, right? We came out of the summer months and then September was chugging along, doing pretty well. October, we started to see it pick up a little bit. And by November, we had that escalated market, which carried through December, January and into early February. And that was really when like we had minimal inventory and demand was crazy. So stuff was just popping off. And then the spring market, it, it continued to grow, but we did accumulate more options at least. Um, so, you know, that's 
that would make a lot of sense if we were to trend the same way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Very good. Very, very good. So lots of, uh, lots of stuff going on in the market, lots of stuff happening with, um, you know, the, the pre-construction. So look, if you're with KW at our team meeting tomorrow, uh, look for some news around that, which I'm pretty excited about. And it's going to yeah. provide a lot of opportunities to, um, to our agents for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good one, Jen. And uh, we, there's a lot of stuff happening in the month of November. So we've got some amazing training uh, for our agents. And if you're not with KW, you don't have to be uh, with KW to join one of our training sessions. So reach out to mm -hmm. Jen or myself. We're happy to, to, to get you plugged in on that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's always, uh, it's always good to get, get content wherever you can, right? doesn't matter where you're a part of, just reach out to get the information you need to run your business at the highest level, ultimately take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, like I said, we've got our team meeting for, for KW Realty Centers uh, tomorrow. That's live on YouTube. So, uh, if you're with our, our brokers, you can certainly watch that. We've got lots of stuff happening. Some guest speakers, uh, you're all pal, uh, big JG is yeah. coming. So that'll be fun. I love it. I was kind of bummed it wasn't in person because I was excited to see him. And I yeah. was like, oh, it's virtual. All right. Well, that's Still. that's fine. I'll give him a virtual hug. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> his personality will come through the screen. Trust me. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. And his story is phenomenal. Like, it's such a great story. So I'm, I haven't heard him do his full. I've never seen his full presentation. I, I know the kind of background of it, but I've never heard him, seen him do it in this type of setting. So I'm, uh, I'm actually really excited to experience that and, and, you know, learn from it too. Cause I know it's that the, I know it's a great, a great story. So yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's Jason Gavadsta and we've also got uh, Tim Bowden, uh, Keller Williams maps coach. And uh, he's the leader of, of all of maps coaching in Canada. And he's going to share with us, uh, the fundamentals of why creating wealth is important and everyone has their own different background and understanding or thoughts on, on wealth and some are positive and some are negative and he's going to help break down some of those um, barriers and uh, that's in lieu of his uh, presentation coming up in November. So he's going to give us uh, a little oversight of what that looks like and what to expect and um, of course, we got lots of lot of fun things planned for tomorrow's meeting. And uh, watch out for the training calendar; uh, it's, it's it's jam packed full of stuff. So uh, that's it for another yeah. show. Uh, for Jen Silbernagel, I'm Gary McGowan. Of course, you can always catch us on your podcast player of choice. And we'll see everybody on the next show. Bye for now. Bye, guys.